We're breaking down RevOps with some of the biggest names in SaaS. Every week, Patrick Campbell and Michael Klett unravel the mysteries of RevOps. I spend all my time thinking about revenue operations. While also enjoying some of the best and freshest hops around. Here's the RevOps. In today's episode, Patrick and Michael demystify RevOps. This is RevOps and Hops. Welcome to RevOps and Hops. I'm Patrick Campbell from ProfitWell. I'm Michael Klett from Chargeify. And today, we're talking about some RevOps and also some Hops. Um, Indeed. I think we're going to start with the hops, though, because that's a little bit more fun. And then we'll get into what is RevOps and all of that kind of fun stuff. What yeah. Do you, what, what do you do? What's your day job? Let's go. Uh, my day job yeah. is not making beer or drinking yeah. beer. Uh, I'm CTO. It's still crafting, though, if you will. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I'm crafting billing experiences uh, at Chargeify. So I'm CTO and co-founder. I've uh, been there for 10 years since the beginning. We launched in 2009 uh, with a goal of helping SaaS businesses bill and collect their revenue. Because most SaaS businesses are experts in something else. Yep. Right. We're experts in billing. So you integrate with Chargeify to handle all of your SaaS billing. Very cool. Awesome. What is it that you do in your day job? I don't even know anymore. But uh, <laughs> no, so I run ProfitWell, CEO of ProfitWell. And, and we basically, the way I like to describe it is we plug into subscription management systems like Chargeify and then yeah. we do revenue automation activities. So we have help with pricing with our price intelligently product we have a mm-hmm. product called retain that helps with the retention mm-hmm. uh, and then we give away free subscription financial metrics uh, so you can see into everything that's going on from acquisition all the way through through retention as well yeah so tell us a little sure. bit about brewing when do you when did you get the brewing bug uh probably about the same time as we started chargeify so probably oh, really? about 10 years ago <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah 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 <laughs> took on all kinds of new things 10 years ago yeah uh yeah beer is something i've always just been passionate about and you know as i learned about different kinds of beers and the ingredients that went into them i realized hey it's time to start brewing my own yeah what better way to learn about something than to, to make it yourself totally right and maybe we'll learn something about business and rev ops we too. might learn a little bit about rev ops i'm not sure um, first, we're going to define RevOps. And I think what's cool about RevOps is is basically it's, it's one of these things that's been happening inside a business already. And we're right. just kind of providing some nomenclature to it. We're providing some centralization of it. Right. And the best way it's been described to me is that there are different parts of the organization right now that all have their own operations teams. Right. So you have sales ops, you have marketing ops. There's a little bit of customer success operations mm-hmm. and revenue operations is basically centralizing that because in a SaaS and subscription business, it's so, so important basically to focus on revenue because it's coming not only from acquiring customers, but monetizing them and then ultimately keeping them around for a long, long time. And right. so RevOps is just bringing all of that under one roof. And, um, and, and you have some interesting, you know, sometimes it's, it's under one roof, like there's an actual RevOps function, which right. is becoming more and more common. But other times it's 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 very much uh, you know still kind of all over the place, but you still have a central function. Right. Yeah. What you don't want is for those 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 sales, marketing, and customer success teams to become siloed and to start sure. measuring themselves against different metrics that don't help the bottom line of the business, which is the revenue. Yeah. So if you focus on revenue as a metric, and a lot of times either take uh, another organization or even if it's like the CEO who's going to focus on mm. the revenue. And tying together all of those different, the sales, marketing, and CS, yeah. um, all going in the same direction. So over the course of the season, we're going to speak to a lot of folks who are experts in revenue operations. Definitely. Some folks who are just discovering that they are in revenue operations as this world becomes a little bit more defined. Well, so since we're starting off demystifying RevOps, I want to start off okay. demystifying hops and okay. the kind of craft beer revolution. That I'm, we're liking, in I'm liking in all America. the, there's going to be yeah. a lot of puns this season <laughs> and a lot of like tiebacks to business, which I like. 
Yep. So what we're going to taste uh, is Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Okay. And for me, this is the the granddaddy of the craft beer revolution. All right. So this beer came out in 1980, and at the time, the majority of all beers being consumed and sold were these pale lagers, like okay. your Budweiser, your Coors, your Miller. And then along comes Sierra Nevada, uh, a home brewer who was experimenting with hops and wanted to get these new flavors out in front of more people. Mm. And so there was a new hop cultivar um, out of the Pacific Northwest called Cascade. And so he designed a beer around this hop that really, mm. it's got this like pininess, like this citrus. Yeah. Um, like the hops really bring, bring a lot of uh, flavor and nuance to the beer. That's but cool. it's really balanced nicely with like this caramel sweetness because hops are a bittering agent. Right? Yeah. They make they make a beer bitter. Um, now this beer is a bit bitter, as sure. we'll see in a second. But I think you'll also see it's balanced really nicely with this like caramel sweetness. Got it. We went down to very few brewers in the United States, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you look at the number of breweries in the U.S., um, in pre-prohibition, like early 1900s, you're talking like 1,800 breweries. That's a lot of breweries, yeah. right? Um, and then post-prohibition, uh, we got down to a low point of about 90, right around 1980 when this beer came out. Oh, wow. Right? So from that point, this beer comes out, other home brewers and craft brewers get on the bandwagon, start to make more beers. That's cool. Yeah, and by 2010, we're back up to that 1800 number sure. where we were pre-prohibition. And today, there's over 7,000 craft breweries yeah. in the U.S. It's not the low point, but we're kind of at the, the, the origin of RevOps, I think. So you didn't even see sales operations 20 years ago, and now, because everything's getting so quicker... We're just seeing like everything kind of come together. So, uh, so properly tasting beer. Tell us about that. Yeah. So uh, give it a sniff. Big shocking uh, revelation. I don't have a sense of smell. Ah. So I was born without it. Um, we were talking about this a little you. bit. This yeah. is going to be a difficult season for me. <laughs> um, and yes, as the most common people ask, it does affect my taste, but I have taste buds. And so what I get is a very like citrus note okay. and a sweetness. Got it. Right. I get air. Yeah. I get, all right. So. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to the tasting. All right. All right. Okay. So what do you pick up on? What do you detect? Like, it feels like if I was out in the sun hanging out. Yeah. Like, this is what I would have more so than like a Miller Lite or something like that. Yeah. Well, what I love about this beer is I think it's it's perfect for all occasions. I will okay. I will drink this with food. I will drink this out on the beach. Yeah. I think if I could pick only one beer to have for the rest of my life. This is the one. I mean, you've been in the game for a while now, you know, especially since Chargerfy was one of the first... Um, if not the first kind of subscription management systems out there but back in 2009. Right. When you look at the world of SaaS and, and particularly the world of revenue operations, like, is this a new thing? Like, are we, are we kind of just shuffling around semantics here yeah. or, you know, tell us a little bit about yeah. that. I mean, I don't think there's a lot new in the world, right? There was probably sure. a guy in ancient Rome who had a business who was basically doing revenue operations. Yeah, just didn't yeah, have yeah. a name yet for it. Just optimizing um, the pricing for, yeah. I can't even think of something that would be sold in Rome, right? Yeah. <laughs> Tunics. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but as a tech guy, sometimes I look at, at business concepts and I think, hey, that's really just common sense. Sure, sure, Right, sure. but there is something to be said, I think, for taking... Um, a best practice that might seem like to some people is common sense and yeah. putting a name to it and putting a framework around it sure. so that we can talk about it. Yeah. Right. It's because it's very easy, I think, in a lot of companies to start to silo yeah. like your sales team from your customer success team, from your marketing team. You know, we, we need common language. We need common mm -hmm. terminology. Um, you know, even if you think about like frameworks in building, you know, tech stacks, right? Yeah. Like, you know, really, they're all kind of the same structure, but providing names and providing like different pieces allows people to like, you know, give advice, get mm -hmm. advice, these types of things. Yeah. And I think that 
the reason actually I'm curious, like why do you think we're talking about RevOps now versus since it's always been around, not 50, 25 years ago? Well, I think we'll see in a later episode when we talk about the rise of RevOps, just how uh, much focus there is on it. Just if you look at hiring right now, like the title chief revenue officer or any any title with revenue in it has grown dramatically over the past couple of years, right? Because businesses realize, hey, like, it's a business. It's about revenue. Yeah. Um, and if we don't have a single person or a single team yeah. who is bringing the, the, the different functions together, um, you're missing out, right? Well, you have inefficiencies. Yeah. That's like the slight, you know, 50, 100 years ago, if we think about like a common business, like a retail store of some sort or some services business, the, there just wasn't as much surface area to really think about. Even if you had hundreds of SKUs or something like that. You know, you had that relationship with that customer. You were able to manage them enough. There wasn't like a big CRM. You know, there are some examples that are out there. But ultimately now things are going so quickly. And now that we have recurring revenue, which is focused on Mm. keeping that customer around long term. That's right. We're no longer like, hey, I'm the only store in town. You have to come to me. Right. Yeah. It's definitely more than just a single transaction. It's a a relationship over time, especially in SaaS and subscriptions. I, I think RevOps is super, super important, obviously. but when you look at the three functions that kind of sit into it, right? Mm-hmm. Sales ops, marketing ops, you know, customer success ops, you know, sales and marketing are all focused on acquiring users, right? Like marketing should be focused on pricing and things like that, but they rarely are. Right. And customer success is so new. Do you think RevOps is just going to ultimately just be overpowered by sales ops and, and kind of just acquiring customers? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. What we're hearing when we talk to people yeah. is that, yes, sales and marketing seems like they're on the same side of the game, right? Sure. But uh, if you measure marketing by the number of leads they generate, sure. but then further on down the pipe, sales tells you, hey, those are crap leads, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? That's an inefficiency. Yep. That is wasted time, effort, and money mm. for generating leads that are never going to convert. Yeah. Right. So who's looking at that? The, the one thing that gives my own skepticism some, some hope, I guess, is that just them all being in the same room or all being the same function and the systems tracking or, you know, mm-hmm. basically supporting everything allows us to basically, at the very least, know that that person needs to be in the room, the customer success side of the house, right? the expansion, the pricing side of the house rather than just kind of focusing in on, hey, it's just all about acquiring customers. Like we talked about this being uh, something that's not new, right? We're giving it a name. We're giving it a framework. Um, and and some of these things are common sense. So why aren't more people doing it? And my belief is that sometimes a business just needs permission to get out of their silos. Totally. Right. And I think that that relates to some of the pricing work you guys do because a business might know they need to change their pricing, but they have so much inertia and they're afraid to make the wrong step. What they need is somebody like you to come in and say, no, you can do this. They just need that permission to to do it. And frankly, that's kind of how, you know, we were a pure software product when we first started the Price Intelligently product. And then that product quickly turned into a tech-enabled service because of exactly what you said. And I think that to go go a little bit more to the broader point, I think that there's there's a lot of confidence gaps um, in in a SaaS business. And I think one of the confidence gaps that you're alluding to is pricing where, you know, if I was like, Hey, I have this big gnarly bug, you know, in the engineering stack to go Mm -hmm. figure out, or, Hey, I need you to refactor this whole feature or something like that. You'd be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like I'll go figure it out. Even though you don't know what you're going to find. Pricing is the same thing. It's just, we all get weird when it comes to it because we're like, well, it's really central to the business. 
and it has so many different stakeholders. And if I make a mistake, I'm going to get in trouble versus Judy in this other department or, you know, it's going to affect our customers. And we're going to get bad press. Yeah. It's so very public. The customers it's very, see it. very public. Yeah. And I think that because of that centralization and that public aspect, it, it, it makes it quite difficult to get over that confidence gap. And that's why I like, you know, revenue operations in particular is because mm -hmm. as we've been talking about, it centralizes a lot of things, right? Yeah. So instead of this being a, I don't know who should be in charge, that type of thing, you're centralizing in a place where it's like, okay, this, th this team is somewhat in charge or this team is at least coordinating the charge. I think tooling is an insanely large part of this. Oh, definitely. Because yeah. I think that, if, if let's say you and I started a revenue operations part of Chargeify or part of ProfitWell, we would have so many like ideas and we'd be like, cool, we're going to change our pricing here. We're going to do this. Hey, we're going to like get better pipeline development here. And then all of a sudden we go to the engineering team and we're like, they're like, mm, that's like $80,000 worth of engineering time. Not going to happen. Right. Right. So where, where do you think tools comes into this? I kind of already alluded to it, but I'm just curious as your take, especially from a CTO perspective. Yeah, well, I think if you're going to follow a RevOps approach and say that, hey, revenue is the number one metric, you have to have a way to measure that. Yeah. And I think you and I both know about uh, a great measurement for that, which is MRR, right? MRR. You guys have an Gold, MRR tool. And yeah, yeah, we have an MRR tool. So yeah, MRR is the, is the metric that all of those teams can look at, yeah. right? And usually those are gonna come out of tools. Yeah. Um, like a Chargeify, like a, a totally. Price Intelligently, or ProfitWell is the, yeah, the yeah, MRR yeah. tool. What do you think about MRR versus LTV? Mm, I'm actually interested in what you have to think yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I just think it, cause it's one of those things, right? It, it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you were in like elementary school and they told you Christopher Columbus discovered the new world and then you got to high school and they're like, eh, it's actually a little more complicated. <laughs> you got to college and it was like a lot more complicated, yeah. right? I think, it, I think that's kind of the thing with metrics, right? Yeah. Like if, if you're just starting out and you don't know what's going on, yeah. MRR and just the functions of that expansion plus net new yeah. or new, I should say, is like where you should start. I think as you get further... Um, and some of the companies and some of the the leaders we're talking to over this season, they're going to get deeper and deeper into, hey, it's actually more complicated because sometimes margin is really important. Sometimes yeah. lifetime value is important. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of these metrics affect each other. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, you might have better conversion, but that's going to like kill churn or something like that. And right. so, I don't know. I think it's I think it's just finding that number. But again, that's where centralization is so important because we've at least found personally in our company that like, if sales is focused on one thing, marketing is focused on another, and our customer success is focused on another, it can get really complicated. And then if you don't hit your number or you do hit your number, everyone's taking credit or blaming others, mm. you know, rather maybe than themselves because, right. you know, they did their job, but maybe the, it didn't result in the revenue that we wanted. So right. I do think there, there needs to be something central to revenue rather than like up funnel metrics. But those up funnel metrics are obviously the leading indicators of where revenue is going to come from. I think the first step is to nominate somebody to serve that function. Now it's usually the CEO yeah. or it can be somebody else who at least has a lot of context so around sales and marketing. Sponsor, some, yeah, some exec, somebody with enough weight yeah. um, to uh, get everybody's, uh, bend everybody's ear, got like get everybody into the room together yeah, and yeah, point yeah. out where people are not aligned. just creating the function yeah. then maybe getting yeah. like a RevOps manager who yeah. kind of like manages the day-to-day -day stuff and then yeah. eventually a CRO because that person's probably going to have like sales marketing or whomever yeah. report to them. So. Yeah. And then eventually they have their own team who's helping out select the tooling that's going to cut yep. across the functions. Yeah. Um, yeah. But start small. Yeah. We got Robert from SolarWinds who's going to talk right. to us a lot about pricing. And then we've got Jason from Go Nimbly. Yeah. He's got some fun personal stories too. I don't know if he's going to tell them to us, but okay. he's, uh, 
Yeah, he was in music. He's in a bunch of other fun oh, yeah? stuff before getting okay. into the world of revenue operations, <laughs> which is funny. I'm interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's All interesting. Right. Uh, we got Armando from Ad Espresso and now Mail Up. Um, we don't have enough espresso for him. All right. Um, and then we got Couch from Couch and Associates. That's right. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be a really, really interesting season. We're going to learn a lot. Not I think only I will. about beer, but also about revenue operations. And that's going to help us help all of you make your businesses better and optimize your revenue, which is ultimately the name of the game here. Well, that's all for this week on RevOps and Hops. We are so, so excited for the season here with Michael Klett here from Chargerify, Patrick Campbell here from ProfitWell. If you want to make sure you get value every single week and some of the things that we were previewing, make sure you're subscribed via email or via the podcasting app of choice. And with that, let's drink some beer. Sounds good. Cheers. Cheers.